Hello and welcome back to episode 15 of the We Talk Ball podcast. I am DJ Cadden. and I am joined by our NBA co-host, Jack Purdy. How are we doing today? Go Hawks! Go Hawks! <laughs> he's 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 ready for the play-in. I think we're all ready for the play-in, and that's what we're going to be discussing on this episode of the podcast, the play-in and the playoffs. Before we do get in the, into that conversation, though, there was some NBA news today. Frank Vogel and the Los Angeles Lakers have parted ways. I've expressed how I feel about Vogel as a head coach on this podcast before, but I do want to get your thoughts on Vogel and of and on this firing. I mean, this also wasn't news in a lot of respects. I mean, we, th- this was very obviously coming down the pipe. Uh, I don't know, two months ago, three months. I mean, just once everything was super tail sp- spinning and Westbrook was still on the floor at times when he probably shouldn't have been. It was clear. It's like, how much does he, does he really care here? Like, is he, he's not fighting for wins because there was clear as way, clear ways to get wins that they weren't getting them. Um, so, I mean, also they didn't set up Vogel to succeed that much either. I mean, you switch, I think, I think I mentioned this last time, like they have that they, they won with defense in the bubble. Um, that's what Vogel's good at. That's what the Pacers were good at. I mean, just look at all the Stevenson stuff that went down in the, in those uh, mid twenty in the mid twenty tens playoffs, uh, and then they're like, "Nope, you are going to get old men who did used to be able to shoot." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they win thirty one <laughs> games. So, yeah, Vogel. I have expressed how I feel about Vogel. Vogel was never a good coach, in my opinion. He was he always succeeded because he had a ton of talent. I don't think he was a great coach. I didn't like the hire when they first brought him in. Thought it should have been Jason Kidd or somebody else, but. Obviously, the hire didn't work out, and there's been some names swirling the past couple of weeks ever since Woj leaked that this was more than likely going to happen. The one that's been swirling the most as of today, as of the firing, was Nick Nurse. What do you think of Nick Nurse, Los Angeles Laker head coach? Well, they got to see what the heck happens in the playoffs, too, because – they're still, you know, they're the five seed. They very well could still get through Philly. I mean, that's no guarantee for, for either team. So, gets through that. Then they've got to play Miami or who they actually play Atlanta. Not really. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, there's still a way. I mean, they're the Raptors are good. They're sneaky good. Um, and they're set up to be really good next year is the thing. So, it's like, why would you want, I, I would want, I would want to know why Nick, Nick Nurse would want to switch. From a place where he has just cemented himself as an all-timer, and then go to a pretty crappy Lakers team that's immensely cap-strapped and probably has a ceiling of forty-two wins next year. Like, yeah, unless you love Los Angeles that much, or you really want to go to SoFi Stadium for every Rams and Chargers game, like I don't see the point there. Yeah, I mean that's my thoughts exactly. Like, Nick Nurse has it made in Toronto. He has some young talent. He's won a championship there. He's already one of the better coaches and one of the better coaches, if not the best coach in Raptors history. Why would you leave? You have it yeah. made. You yeah. have Pascal Siakam, Gary Trent Jr., uh, Fred Van Fleet, Scotty Barnes. You have so much young talent, and then you're just going to go to the Lakers where you said they're cap-strapped. They have Russell Westbrook, who's on the worst contract in basketball. They have Anthony Davis, who has knees made of glass and a – Almost 40-year-old LeBron James. It just wouldn't make any sense for me for him to go to Los Angeles unless he just really wants to prove that he can succeed anywhere, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, if you can succeed in Toronto, I feel like you can 
succeed pretty much anywhere. Right. Anthony Davis should try and find a way to buy Von Miller's knees or yeah. Aaron Donald's knees. Just like, what will it take? How much will it cost? Because the Lakers have the money. But it's like, just what, what's it going to take? Just yeah. wholesale switch up. Wholesale switchery right there. He probably should. It's, 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 I don't even know how to describe. He just can't play. No. He's good for like 20 games a year, and that's about it. But that's all we have on the Vogel firing, I think, unless you want to add anything else. No. Or we can that's just good. move on. We are going to talk about the play-in games first before we talk about the playoffs, just because obviously that determines two C's in the playoffs, so we have to talk about it. We're going to go in order of what the games are played, and I guess kind of the order we're going to go in for each game is, I'll say the injury report, just strictly based off what ESPN has, then yeah. X-Factors, anything else we want to watch in that game, and then we can give our pick before moving on to the next one. Beautiful. So we will start with the first playing game, which is tomorrow. It is the Cavaliers versus the Nets. This one's going to be exciting. I mean, the Nets obviously are one of the best teams in basketball, most talented teams in basketball, one of the most talented teams in basketball. And the Cavs are one of those teams that we've talked about that have been, has been ahead of schedule all year in the play-in. They were hovering around the playoffs for most of the season. Unfortunately, fell back to the playoffs, play-in. <clears throat> but the injury report for each team – both teams have a star player that is going to be more than likely out. The Cavs are going to be missing Jared Allen. He is not expected to be available for the play-in game. And for the Nets, they're missing Ben Simmons, who has yet, still yet to play a basketball game this year. They're also missing Goran, Goran Dragic, I believe, with COVID-19 protocols. And Seth Curry is day-to-day and expected to play, but he is battling an injury. I'm recording it. Sorry, something going. Uh, <laughs> You're good. We, we hit on all of it there. Just Andrews, we'll just keep going, just improvise off of that. But what are your thoughts on this? What are your X factors for each team? Uh, well, I read so the Nets are plus 13.1 when KD and Kyrie are both on the floor, which minus Jared Allen. And I mean, you, you got most of them mobile right now. Um, but that seems like enough, uh, especially since they're going to be at home, thankfully, for Brooklyn. Uh, I think I read that Jared, if they, he may be able to, to be back for the second play in game, if they, if so, if they lose, so if they end up, they, if they end up, if they get, well, they'll, they'll guarantee two games. So, um, at least if it comes to it, so there's a shot he plays against Charlotte or Miami. Um, and if so, it's just like, well, that's just a body at that point. Uh, and some Jared Allen's better than none knowing the rest of their team, uh, but, you know, I, it feels like enough for the Nets to just get it done. Also, who do you want more on the court with one game to do with something than Kevin Durant anyways? So, yeah, I mean, Kevin Durant was an inch away from sending the potentially sending the Nets to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. He steps up in these games. I think they are. They are. Are they the eight seed or the seven seed? Uh, seven seed would be the winner of this game. Okay. All right. So this game will be in Cleveland, right? No, it's in it's in Oh Brooklyn. yeah, yeah. Okay. They have the tiebreaker. All right. And then the this game is in Brooklyn, which does help the Nets, obviously. Like you said, Jared Jared Allen is going to be an X factor. If he can play, it's going to help them a lot. I, mm-hmm. I think he'll do a great job on Andre Drummond. If he doesn't play, Andre Drummond could be the X factor for the Nets, I believe. 
We saw him yesterday against a team without a center, put up about 20 and 10, 20 and 15, something like that. So if they're lacking in the big department, obviously they have Evan Mobley, but if they're lacking otherwise, Andre Drummond could potentially put up numbers. And on the net side of things, I mean, everything. I guess, I guess just K, Katie and Kyrie are the X factors. If they're out there hitting, they're not going to lose. It, yeah. If they're out there, they're both cold from the field, then it could get bad for the Nets. But I'll just go ahead and give my pick because I feel like we're both going to be in agreement here. I'm going to go with the Nets. I think they could blow. I think they could blow Cleveland out. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Cleveland's such yeah. a young team. They're ahead of schedule, so I'm, I am going to go with the Nets, and I'm going to go going to go with the Nets big. Yeah, that makes sense. Unless Ben shows up, then they'll blow their 25 point lead that they got. <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming you're going with the Nets as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And we can just go ahead and move on to the next game. This one should be much more interesting, in my opinion. It is the Los Angeles Clippers versus the Minnesota Timberwolves. It feels like it's been a long time coming for the Timberwolves. They've been talked about as one of these up-and-coming teams for God knows how many years now. They're finally in the play-in. I assume they would rather be in the playoffs than miss by two games, but they're in the play-in, hosting the Clippers for the seventh seed. This was going to be fun. Clippers got playoff feedback not too long ago. Minnesota has been on a tear. Carl Anthony Towns, Carl Anthony Towns has established himself as one of the best bigs in the league, probably the best three-point shooting big in the league. Um, I, I, It's just going to be fun, in my opinion. What are your thoughts on this series? Yeah, this is going to be – well, game, but – I mean, there is this will be this will be great. The clips I saw so they're on a five game win streak, which great. One of those games did include playing Milwaukee, who was resting a bunch of guys, but they still felt the need to put up 153 in that game. <laughs> so uh, I mean that's I mean, obviously when you're playing Thanasis and just the entirety of the guys that won't even see the finals or the Eastern Conference finals if Milwaukee gets there, that's something, but like even I mean, heck, that, no one puts that's an all like that's isn't that like the winning score the West had one time in one of yeah, these all-star I think games? it is. Like, it was like 153 or 158. Or yeah, something. it's just like okay, so they can do that, which as you should be able to as an NBA team. Um, I I kind of fall back to my just general stars point. It's I maybe mean, it's Cat versus Paul or, or Paul George, and still often enough, I I mean, granted the the bubble wasn't great, but even against the uh, Dallas in enough games last year like I just didn't see enough times where Paul was able to just put the team on his shoulders like they needed Kawhi to just be remarkably efficient to beat Dallas um, and it's going to take that to beat these guys too because Cat's going to be able to do pretty much whatever he wants um, now the Clips also are just a three-point maniacs if they're right I mean Luke Kennard led the league in percentage this year so I would like to think this will go very nicely for I, I think I, in general, I think Minnesota is going to win just because they've got this. This is the right year. This is as good of a year as they've gotten in so long. And they, I just want to see them in the playoffs too. And I think most of the NBA does. Um, yeah, yeah I just mean, the home field, the home court. Uh, I'm okay, even with the Clippers on a win streak, which included some just garbage games because they weren't playing teams that needed to play. Um, yeah, this, this feels like Minnesota for me. I'm actually on the other side of things. I'm going to go with the Clippers here. Okay. I think Ty Lue is probably the second best coach in basketball right now. Just X's and O's wise, rotation wise. I think it's him and Spolstra. I think they're the two best. We've seen PG ball out in playoffs here before. Average 27, 10 and six last year. 
in the playoffs. We've seen him put the team on his back. Obviously, we've also seen him not put the team on his back before. But I think he does give you enough, especially against a very young Timberwolves team. Mm. None of these guys really have any playoff experience. Carl Anthony Towns has never been to the playoffs. Anthony Edwards has obviously never been to the playoffs. D'Lo, he has probably been to the playoffs. He was on the Warriors, so he might have made it to the playoffs last year or two years ago. But they they really have nobody who's had any meaningful playoff experience that's going to be giving them huge minutes besides Pat Bev. But I just think the youth catches up to them in this game. I do think their stadium is going to be rocking just because it's been so long since they've been in a playoff game. Yeah. But I think PG – Gives them just gives the Clippers just enough to escape with a win in Minnesota and secure the seventh seed. And I will now, note Minnesota leads the NBA in efficiency, offensive efficiency since the beginning of the year, in like the 2022 portion of the season. Did they really? I was actually looking at a stat. It was the all-time yeah. seasons of offensive rating, I believe. It was like top 10, top 15. There's one team. From this year on that list, who do you think it is? Offensive rating? Yes. I don't think it. Well, I, I looked at the advance, and Utah was top. So it has, I mean, it has, I imagine it's got, or they were, were they top offensive rating? Or it was like, uh, it was the Jazz and then the Hawks were like top two in one of the team wide advanced stats. I just don't remember if it was that particular one. According to Stat Muse, the only one from this year is the Atlanta Hawks. Okay. Which shocked well, me. I, mean, I didn't think they'd be that high. We had the NBA leader in assists and points. So true, true. Y'all weren't that far off of being the highest all time either. So no, this is kind of jumping ahead, but well, no, it's no, it actually goes right into it. We both, so you're picking the Clips and picking the Wolves, and then Hawks, Hornets is next. Both teams are 43 win teams. If this, if they had won that many games in any other year of the last 10 years, they would, outside of one year, they would have been in the top six. Really? Yeah. That just speaks to how deep the East is this year. Yes. It's really been a bounce back year for the Eastern Conference. Yeah. I mean, yeah, both teams are two games over. No, not two games over. That's not how it works. 43. What is it? 43 and 30. Not whatever. They're, they're above 500, but either way. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was stacked. I mean, you only had. I mean, Charlotte's always been an easy game for us until this year. And now with the standings, with the, so this is the 9-10, so. Most of your East games were like, oh, crap, we got to play these guys now. Uh, also, this game could be 145 to 130. That's what I'm hoping for. That is exactly what I'm hoping for. <laughs> you can just go ahead and give your spill on the Hawks. I'm probably going to be on the other side of this one than you are, but I'll let you go ahead and tell us why I assume you're picking the Hawks. Yeah, I mean, for pride, of course. Um, but also, I mean, they – the Hawks were uh, 17 to nine, their last 26. Uh, the Hornets were also really good in their like last 10, 15. Uh, and I know the Hawks didn't have the hardest schedule also in that stretch. I forgot who they beat. That was like top tier. Oh, we beat, we beat Brooklyn in one of those games. So, which was real nice. Uh, of course, uh, we only, the only guy out for us is Collins. He's not really going to play the rest of the, I don't, he's not going to make it any, any of the playoffs, but we've been just fine with him. Uh, Bogdanovich had to go to the, we just put him on the bench for some of the year and put Herter in. And that seemed to help a lot. He's been doing, he's been way more efficient than he was at the beginning of the year. Um, and I mean, part of the problem in last year's playoffs was that his leg was hurt. Uh, and then Trey's leg, like we just had a bunch of leg problems again last year. Uh, and this time we've got a full hunter 
we don't have a parcel hunter. Uh, I don't like it when Delon writes on the floor. Not gonna lie, uh, he's he just seems average most of the time. Uh, we're not gonna probably not gonna get Lou Williams either, but that's fine. Uh, and the Hornets don't have Gordon Hayward, which I mean, that's there's only so much they've been fine without him though. So the game is in Atlanta. Our crowd unfortunately doesn't really do its thing until it really matters. Uh, they're not like Atlanta United or the Braves where it's just, it doesn't matter why you're there. You just want to be there. Uh, but it, it, I mean, it's at home. We've been playing so much better. And as of late, uh, and Trey found us for, but he's, he's got all of his swagger there. Bogey's got all of his swagger. Get Danilo just had season high three point. Uh, and he, got, he got six a couple of games ago. Uh, so, I mean, both, I, I mean, I had, because it's, if it's when it's 50, 50, I'm just going to go with Atlanta just because that's just what it is. And they probably they're probably like favored by like only like three just because it's home court, uh, so that, that's where I've got it right now. I, well, what I'm really curious is what kind of Lamelo do we get because this is going to be his first of this kind of game. The Hawks have done this before. Uh, what I mean, it's kind of the same situation as Minnesota except at, on the road. Yeah, I, like you said, I think this one could be 150 to 140. It'd be a blast. I think it's going to be one of the, one of the more fun ones to watch in the play-in. You also mentioned the injuries. Hornets missing Gordon Hayward. That's really their only big one. Uh, y'all are missing Lou Williams and John Collins. Lou Williams potentially, but I'm going to assume he's out for the purpose of this podcast. Is. I think it makes it very interesting to pick. Obviously, Gordon Hayward and Lou Williams, both veterans, both know what they're doing, have been to the playoffs. They know what it takes. But, man, both teams have been hot recently coming down the stretch, like you said. It's just hard to pick. I am going to go – see, that's my problem. I like to think the Hornets are a deeper team, but they're really not. They're, they're just as deep as y'all are. It's the just, Haw- Yeah, Hawks are better with the depth. I mean, we can put out a whole separate starting – well, I mean, I wouldn't put DeLon in that group, <laughs> but we've got four guys. Like, we, we can roll nine. We were rolling ten until we traded Cam Reddish, so. Yeah, it's just – I don't know. This was hard. This was probably the hardest one to pick for me. I just think both of these teams are – I don't know. It's just hard to pick. Yeah. Yeah. LaMelo and Trey, that's going to be a, an absolutely amazing matchup. That's going to be probably the most fun duel of the play in. Both of those guys can give you 40 if they want to. I think Miles Bridges has a big game. I do ultimately think losing John Collins, or not losing him, but not having him hurts y'all in this game. And that is why I am oh, going to go sure. with, defensively. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I'm going to go with the Hornets. I am going to go with the Hornets in a very close game. Okay. But I am going to go with Charlotte just because, one, I like them better. Two, it's a toss-up, like you said. It, yeah, this is going to be the flashiest who-the-hell-knows-what's-going-to-happen game. Yes, it most definitely is. And the last play-in game, the one I really could care less about. Same here. The San Antonio Spurs versus the New Orleans Pelicans. I don't know how either of these teams managed to find themselves in this position with the Lakers lurking right behind them. Obviously, we've seen the Lakers are a dumpster fire, so we are left with the Spurs and the Pelicans. The Spurs have one of my favorite players in DeJounte Murray, Hmm. but the Pelicans might be returning Zion Williamson. So what are your thoughts on this series? And if Zion Williamson comes back, are you automatically going with Is he legit? He's not playing this game, is he? I think they said he might. He might? I'm not 100% sure, but I thought that there was rumors that he might. I'd be shocked because it's it's conflicting rumors between his stepdad and between like woes oh, and between all these oh, other that. people. 
Okay, yeah. I mean, I think the Pelicans are going to win regardless. Because uh, the Spurs are just... Yeah, yeah. I mean, they if Russell Westbrook didn't exist, they weren't going to be here anyway. They got 34 wins. Like, how are they here? This is, I mean, this is the, yeah, this is the scenario where the play is just like, okay, maybe should this really happen? I mean, maybe I feel like you flip the coin here. Who cares? They're going to lose to whoever doesn't win the Milwaukee, the Minnesota uh, Clipper game. Uh, so I, I, I mean, if Zion plays great, good for New Orleans, at least he does something this year. Uh, and would legitimately I mean the real kicker is New Orleans should win without Zion just to give him that just to give him those two more days and then yeah. just go just go ham against whoever they got to play for the eighth seed. That would be now that that's a story that came out of nothing right there if that works out. If Zion comes back, I think this is a team that's going to probably not win a series just because they're going to be playing the first four or five games together. They'll be they playing could, the Phoenix. Cause they'll be playing Phoenix. Like this yeah. ain't happening. <laughs> they could, they could make it a hard fought five game series. It, it'd be five games, but it'd be a hard fought five. Games. Yeah. You, yeah. They'll, they'll lose that first game. And then the second game, they're like, okay, they know what they're doing. And then they just kind of push it a little bit further than they maybe should. And then win game three. And then they're just get out of gas. Yeah. I think this is a team we're going to be talking about a lot more next year. But yeah, I really hope so. I am going to go with the Spurs in this one. I love DeJounte. I think this is a game where he goes out there and really establishes establishes himself as a player that's a rising star in this league. I think he pretty much carries the Spurs to a win over the New Orleans Pelicans. But who are you going with here? Uh, not for well, for for business reasons, I'm picking the Spurs so that the Pelicans lose to make them look worse so that they get sold and then they become the Sonics again and move to Seattle. That would make yeah, everybody. That's what happy. I want. That's what that I want to happen out of. I want this game to spur, pun totally not intended, the Pelicans exit from New Orleans so that they can just be in a place that wants them. Yeah. All right. So that's the whole. That's all the play-in talk we have. We both have the Nets getting the seven seed. I have the Clippers getting the seven seed. You have the Timberwolves getting the seven seed. Mm-hmm. Who do you have? getting the eighth seed in each conference. Oh, yeah, we got to do that. So I'm saying that the eight, so the, the east side would be Hawks versus Cavs, which the Hawks won last time that happened. Granted, it was without Mobley and without Allen. It was in Cleveland, as this game would be. So we've done this recently. I'm not, I'm not scared of Cleveland. Like, if the Hawks are just going off offensively, then I think it's over. I mean, the Hawks can't outscore anybody. That's the whole. That's the whole thing. Yeah. That's the. That's been the whole shtick this whole time. And then they got, you know, the dice fell pretty nicely last last year. Um, <laughs> yeah, it might be that Allen thing. It's just like, how good is Allen going to play that day? And does that mean that it just rattles up enough? Like, how how are we going to be mentally? Um, yeah, I'd put that game just to completely dependent on what the Hawks feel like they can do. Because also Cleveland's just young as heck. They're it, that's that. Yes, they've got Kevin Love, but they are young. Uh, yeah, both of these teams are. I guess the Cavs more so, but both of these teams yeah, are yeah, still Cavs very more young. So, yeah, because we we've still got Danilo and Lou. So I, I, I think the Hawks find. I think the Hawks will win that. Um, regardless of the fandom in me, of course, uh, just <laughs> with depth and whatnot. Uh, the other way. Oh, the, yeah, the Clippers. I, not not even a challenge there. Pending pending Zion status, I still think they win even if Zion's there because it's not like you're going to get 100% Zion. Uh, but would that make it 
a garbage a game that we thought was going to be garbage not be garbage? Yes. Yes, it would. On the eastern side, I have the Nets getting seven seed, like I said, and then I would have the Cavs versus the Hornets. I'm just going to ride with the excitement of Charlotte, the streak they've been on. I'm going to ride with the Hornets. I think Jared Allen will be compromised in his health, even if he does play. So yeah, I'm going to go with the Hornets there. It it doesn't really matter who I think is going to win. I think they're going to lose in the first round, or maybe 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 not in the East. Maybe not in the East, but. Both of those teams are exciting. Both of those teams are young. They're both ahead of schedule. I feel like almost all these teams except the Nets are ahead of schedule pretty much. We really saw the Hawks were ahead of schedule last year. On the west side, Clippers getting the seven seed, like I said, and then I have the Timberwolves beating whoever yeah. wins the play, the 9-10 game. I think it's pretty clear that they're going to win that game. So we can move on to our playoff tuck now that we've sorted out who our seeds are going to be. Since we have different eight seeds, or different seven seeds, I'm, I'm sorry. We will discuss each of them, I guess, from different perspectives. Okay. We'll start with the Heat versus the number eight seed, which was, in your case, the Atlanta. Hawks. It was the Atlanta Hawks. In my case, it was the Charlotte Hornets. So we'll talk about the Hawks-Heat potential series first. What are you looking at there? I know the Heat, our team, we've both been low on recently, but what are your thoughts matching up against the one seed Miami Heat. Well, I remember I had mentioned that I was just kind of discouraged with that whole shouting fiasco that they had on the court, but <laughs> they've been fine this the, recently. Um, and I, I always forget they have Kyle Lowry. Like, I'm just like, oh, right, he's there now. Um, and Bam is doing Bam stuff still. I mean, I don't think we'd win that, honestly. At this point, because they're gonna they're gonna be able to do some things. They're gonna be able to do things defensively that we can't do, and they're strong. And they're they're stronger than Atlanta that much is for sure. Um, and Bam is not a guy I want Clint Capella having to deal with, and he's gonna have to deal with him. And right now, and Clint hasn't had the free throw year that we've needed from him defensively. He was just abysmal at one point. It's been better now, but I mean, it the Hawks have the ability to just get stupid hot. And they're gonna have because the East is they have to go through at least I mean, their road is all of the top seeds. Yeah. So if they don't get stupid hot, it, they're they're gonna get they're gonna get jumped in the first or second round like every other Hawks team in the two in the mid twenty tens did. I do have a question for you. You talked about yeah. the playoffs are about having stars. In your opinion, for the Heat, is that star Jimmy Butler or is that star Bam Adebayo? Because in my opinion, no matter who it is, almost in every series that no matter who the Heat would match up against, they're going to have the worst star. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, they're they're not neither one of them is better than Trey. Yeah, just one on one, Trey's going to beat both of them. I mean, we can but go. We can five, list, five. We can list all the teams in the East. I don't think they have a better star than any of them. No. Well, hold on. The well, okay. Celtics, Jason well, they Tatum. Have, they get, they're better than Charlotte. Better than Charlotte. Well, yeah. Uh, Char- Charlotte's a 10 seed, though, so. Yeah. Celtics, Jason Tatum, yeah. uh, Bucks, Giannis, obviously, Joel Embiid or James Harden for the Sixers, Pascal Siakam for the Raptors. It, they really don't have a better star than anybody other than the Hawks, who are the 10 seed, which is yeah. – if you're, the, if you're the one seed, that's a bad sign. Yeah, no, that's – I mean, yeah. And then I feel this is this was the scenario I wanted, but kind of because of this, I'm like, okay, we don't have to play the Celtics, who 
have a 26% chance at winning the finals, according to basketball reference. If you can, yeah, that's that. absurd. That's Which, absurd. Yeah, it's nuts. And they don't, and they're also the, they're down Williams now. So that now I'm not okay. Now that I say that, I forget, I forgot that that makes that matchup against Boston so much easier for Atlanta if they get there because then Clint's, Clint's life gets so much easier. He can do, he, he can rotate more. The Celtics are going to have to play fast as hell. Uh, which is good for Atlanta. We like fast, especially offensively. Now transition defense, that's another story. But uh, yeah, I, yeah, that, that, that you make a great point. I'm going to say just for now, gut, I mean, I'll, once it gets to playoffs, it's all, it's all gut feeling for me. I mean, you can analyze everything, but because it's so concentrated, it's just like, all right, what do you, how are you feeling just in general? Momentum speaks so much more. Uh, I think it, Miami's just got enough of that, they're, yeah yeah also they're better coached than us uh yeah yeah i definitely. would spolstra has done this many times and he's done this he did this with the team that the bubble team that shouldn't have gone that far and did um i mean hero can go off in a half and I mean, it, here hero can match Trey is one thing they've got the guy that can match Trey in spurts um, yeah and does do the spurts work out uh no i think we i think the series would go six at least just because who the heck? Because there's so much that can happen there, and how injuries fall too. I mean, someone's going to get hurt at some point. So, yeah, I, yeah, this one this one would be one of those series that goes six or seven games. I think it would go seven, and I think y'all, I, I would. I'm not a. I am a betting man, but I wouldn't put money on the series. I would go with the no, Hawks, I though. I, I just think the the offense of the Heat scares me so much. Jimmy Butler, who we talked about, is probably their star. If he's not their star, he's their Number two option by a very, and thin he can margin. just lose it mentally too. That's and, one thing. And he's he shooting get in his head. Yeah, you can't. And he's shooting twenty three percent from three this year, which is just uh, he's he shot horribly last year from three, but twenty three percent is just absolutely horrid. And he got outscored by Bryn Forbes in a playoff series oh last year. I think so. if, regardless if it's Charlotte or Atlanta there, and they've won, I think that'd only be the sixth eight seed to win. Yeah, uh, and one of the more recent ones was when the. Bulls lost because they had because Rose that was Rose towards ACL. So no, it would be it would it, it very well could be the most competitive one eight ever. Like the the one that's just like you have no clue. Yeah, I mean it would it would probably be the most not most competitive. It'd probably be one of the more fun series to watch in the first round. Yeah. I feel like yeah. if it were to happen. Yeah. All right. Give me give me Charlotte. <sighs> This is another one. I, it's just it's me banking against the Heat more than me banking on Charlotte. Mm-hmm. I think Charlotte, kind of like the Hawks, can score with just about anybody. Put up what a no, that was the Clippers, but we've seen them put up big numbers this season. Lamelo Ball, one of the most most exciting players in the league. He had a between the leg alley oop off the backboard to Montrezl Harrell the other night. <laughs> that just shows you what kind of team the Hornets are. I really think they can score with anybody defensively. They do lack in some areas, but I just don't think the heat can score with these teams in the playoffs. I think they can shut down these teams enough to potentially steal some games, not steal some games, but win some games. I just don't trust this offense whatsoever. Their offense is, mm-hmm. it's just statistically it's not, it, how do I put this? Statistically they're okay. They're not amazing, but if you watch the games, it's just so hard to watch. 
They're I do just... have one. I do have one note I just found. So I went to the Har- the Hornets eight, just all their games and how many times they only scored less than a hundred. One, two, three. They only scored under a hundred like 11, 12 times. All two of those, in- yes, two of those included losses to the Heat, which had a ninety where they where they lost one fourteen ninety nine in October and then also one hundred four eighty six in February. Yeah, I mean, I'm just really not. I'm not high on the heat whatsoever. I think they could lose first round no matter who it is. I'm kind of hoping it's the Nets just because I have a friend that's a heat fan. want them to lose first round. That'd be a guaranteed L. But yeah, I do think they probably lose first round or go to seven games, best case scenario, and win that series. I'm just insanely low on this team. Their offense is terrible. If your star is shooting 23% from three, and the last playoff series he played, he got outscored by Bryn Forbes, who was the eight or nine option off the bench. Yeah, I'm just not going to trust you. But we can move also, on to it. The- well, found I found this. You mentioned you mistook the, you mistook the Hornets for the Clippers with the 154 game. They did put 158 in regulation against the Pacers in January. Oh my god! Which was 13 no 15 more points than they did in an overtime game against Houston in November. <laughs> That's absurd. That, that just proves my point. They can They're score. Their four highest scoring game. <laughs> I don't like. The, here's what I don't like about us against Charlotte. Let me move on. The Charlotte's four highest scoring games were both all on the road. Were they really? Yeah. Now, granted, <laughs> it's the Pacers, Rockets, Pelicans, and Pistons, but <laughs> they still did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, both of those teams can score with anybody, and I think it's going to be a fun yeah. play in the game. We can go ahead and move on to our. Next series, though, we are going to go just one, two, three, four in this order. The Celtics versus the seven seed. We both had the Nets. This one's going to be an absolute blast, I think. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, two rising stars. Jason Tatum's already a superstar. And then you have Kyrie and KD, two established superstars, two veterans, two guys who have won championships before. I'll jump over to you first. What are your initial thoughts on this series and – what do you think is going to be the, the deciding factor, I guess? The thought I just had in my head is where's the prop bet that says Kyrie plus KD plus Tatum plus Brown is over 200 points scored in a single game? That, that, I mean, it's a little far-fetched, but it, I mean, it could definitely Far-fetched, happen. but like, oh boy, that's this isn't impossible. Uh, I, I'm really curious if, like, is this going to be like when, uh, when, the, that's when the Nets lost to Atlanta? Durant put his career high up of 55 and they lost to a team that wasn't that great defense defensively, but now let's go to the Celtics who have three of the top 10 defending players statistically, I think in like advanced rating or something, uh, granted without Robert Williams, but they got three of the, they got three of them. So it's not awful. Um, as long as, I mean, also, of course yeah, the question here is, okay, how does Durant get hurt in this playoffs? Cause that's always a question. Uh, but Celtics home court, that's huge. I, you, I, I, I would think you can count on at least one game going to Boston, the first two. Um, and I think they, they could have went on the I mean, obviously they can win on the road. They're the two seed now. Um, yeah, usually I would say it, they just, KD can just go off and Kyrie can just go off, but Seth's not really there. I don't if they people are, they say Ben may make it. I will. I won't believe it until he's on the court and has touched. Has touched it with his feet. And when, yeah. but when that happens, like you want to throw him out there against the Celtics, 
Yeah, game, I guess well, I guess the probably the best defensive team in the league at worst top three defensive team in the league. You want to do that? Like, okay, uh, yeah. I mean, Brooklyn, Brooklyn should. This is this sucks for Brooklyn. They should have tanked to the eight so that they could at least deal with Miami. I mean, everyone should have tanked to the eight, honestly. But either way, <laughs> I, yeah, Brooklyn could absolutely just lose it defensively, and then lose it defensively. You may lose it mentally. We'll see what KD's doing. K, I mean. Tatum has shown the ability. This, this this could be the day where, well, I want the game where just KD and Tatum just are just like, all right, you can do that. I can do better than you, and just see what happens. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I I think Boston wins in honestly. I think Boston just wins in five just because of sheer defensive ability. Brooklyn's lack of defensive ability and the uh, the ability to also just out to just outscore enough. Uh, yeah. In this in this case. Yeah. KD's meant- not gonna go. Kitty's not going to go for 60 every game. He's not like that kind of guy. Yeah, you mentioned the Celtics defense. They are, defensive rating-wise, the best team in the league. Obviously, they are losing Robert Williams, unfortunately. But even then, you can just slide Al Horford over to the five, and that's another very, very solid defensive option. We've seen him shut down stars in the playoffs before, a la Joel Embiid. But we've seen him shut down these stars in the playoffs before. Ime Odoka has this team playing the best defense in the league. And you mentioned it. Defensively, the Nets are not good. Out of the playoff teams, there are only two playoff and play-in teams. There are only two that are worse than the Nets. It is the Charlotte Hornets and the Atlanta Hawks. So the 9 and 10 seed in the Eastern Conference. Guilty as charged. (laughs) Are the only ones worse than the Brooklyn Nets. And it's not by that wide of a margin. It's just hard to predict. If Ben Simmons comes back, it does get a little more interesting, I guess, because you have three at least stars, maybe three superstars, depending on how you categorize Ben Simmons. But it, but how does how is Steve Nash gonna hide him on the other side of the floor though? Because yeah, it's that's, the problem. that's the it's problem. Hackabin, it's gonna become Hackabin really quickly, and you can't play him in crunch time. If yeah, that's gonna I'm, happen. I mean, I know from how we beat the six years last year was that. <laughs> Yeah, from experience, I can tell you that Ben Simmons is not who you want in a playoff series this year in his career. Speaking of Ben Simmons, he is – I see all the Nets fans on Twitter going through the same thing that a Sixers fan went through every year. Seeing the videos of Ben Simmons in the gym, draining threes, he looks like Steph Curry in the gym. Please believe that. He's not going to give you that in the playoffs. He's not going to give you that. And warm-ups, it's, he's absolutely horrible offensively. It – this it sucks for the Nets this year. This year, I feel like coming into the year, this is the year they're going to win the championship. They are the favorite to win the championship. And unfortunately, the vaccine mandate, the injuries, Harden forcing his way out, Ben Simmons being hurt, has derailed all of that. They're sitting in the play-in, which if you had told me this in the beginning of the year, it would have been the part I would have slapped you in the face and called you stupid. <laughs> I do think this is a team that. I don't think they can win the championship. I think fully healthy they can win the championship, but I think this year you really just do what you can. You know, you're not going to win it all. Yeah, no, they're not going to. Just not, I guess, not lose on purpose, but just go no. out there. Just go out there more so not focus on the championship, just more so on building the chemistry if Ben comes back, and then you go into next offseason with at least some confidence that you can win with this team and just hope mm-hmm. you stay healthy next year. I am going to take the Celtics in this series. I think it's going to go six games. I think the Celtics defensively are just too good. 
I think KD has about – I think KD probably has a game where he scores 40-50. I think Kyrie also gives us a game where he scores 40-50. But I think the Celtics are just too good defensively. Jason Tatum is a star. As much as it hurts me to say, as just as a Jason Tatum hater, I think he's just too good for them to stop defensively. They don't have, they don't have a defensive stopper if Ben Simmons isn't playing. I think Jason Tatum averages over 30, and I think it goes six games, and the Celtics ultimately do win the series. Generous. Yeah. I, just having KD and Kyrie, I had to give them two games. I just give them one game of KD yeah. and one game of Kyrie. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, you never know when – I mean, all it takes is the Boston's just a tad bit cold and just – and uh, those two are as good as anyone you'd want to just take advantage of that. And that's all we have to say about that series. So we will move on to the three, the three versus the six seed, the defending champion Milwaukee Bucks versus the Chicago Bulls, who are one of the more surprising teams in the league this year. Unfortunately, they couldn't really beat any good teams, but they are still the six seed. They're out of the play in. That's all they could hope for as they were sliding down the standings. They still have two bona fide stars. They still have DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine. But on the other side, you have Giannis Antetokounmpo, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton. The list goes on. I mean, you're counting them all over there. The list just goes on. They've won a championship. They know what it takes. As much as I love the Bulls, this Bucks team is just too good. Giannis is probably going to finish at worst number three in MVP voting. Has a chance to potentially win it, but I think the, the, both of the centers yeah, have – I think both of the centers have really established themselves over him. But they know how to do it. Chris Middleton has become a guy you can rely on in the playoffs. Drew Holiday is a defensive stopper and can also give you 20 in the playoffs. Giannis, we, we know who Giannis is. Yep. Uh, is Brooke Lopez coming back for this playoff series, or is he? Uh... Not, that, not that it would really matter to me in this series, but it, it would somewhat matter to me in other series. Uh oh yeah, he's been playing. Has he really? Yeah, he came back a month ago. Well, so the, I mean, they're they're pretty much fully healthy. Yeah, this team knows what it takes. They know what to do to win. I think the not the Bucks, the Bulls are probably just not a year ahead of schedule, but they're not ready for this moment yet against the defending champs. I think next yeah. year, if they keep this core together, they could be a team we say to look out for in the playoffs. But I'll jump over to you and get your thoughts on this series. I know you're very high on the Bucks. Bucks in four. Four. Wow. Yeah. That's wow. Four yeah. games. You don't believe in the Bulls at all? No. No. Wow. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give the Bulls five games. I'll give five. Them five. Okay. Just okay. I mean that's 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 basically more reasonable, I would say. Um, but no, a, a sliding bad team, but not bad team, but a, sl- a sliding team against this, yeah. It, I mean, I, I've seen it. I mean, I say that because I've seen it. I, I saw an Atlanta team do this too, where it's just they were decent most of the year and then just weren't when it was at the end of the year and we're down a guy or whatever, and that was it. Uh, I mean, yeah, we we know it's gonna be. We 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 know Bucks are gonna have to play Boston in the semis. So, yeah, that one feels that. destined to happen. I think next year we are gonna be talking about the Bulls as a top four seed. I think they could build on what they did this year. Obviously, I guess they kind of met expectations with the stars they added this offseason. Yeah. But at times, we were talking about this team as a top three seed in the East. I think they can get back to that level next year. 
with the chemistry. Yeah, I mean, if Vucevic, Vucevic wasn't having that great of a year this year, I think he gets he kind of gets back to what he was in Orlando next season. And I think we're talking about this team as a team that can make some noise next year. But we will move on to the last Eastern Conference first-round playoff series. <laughs> My Philadelphia 76ers versus the Toronto Raptors and future head Los Angeles Lakers head coach Nick Nurse. But mm. <laughs> I'll jump over to you and let you start on this one. I am a Sixers fan, so I think we know where I'm going with this series. Yeah, you're a uh... – you're supposed to be star shot three of 12 last time they played Toronto. Uh, and I was in a stretch of a lot of games where that was happening as well. And he's not moving like he used to. Uh, also, Matisse Thibel will not play games three and four because boy isn't vaccinated. That's so, the fact that he got one vaccine shot and then just didn't get the other one is the stupidest thing I've ever heard of in my life. He's got nothing to lose. He can have it. He should have it today. He's sick tomorrow and then he's good. It's so stupid. Yeah. So, also, uh, I got to put some props to my guy, Thad Young, uh, Georgia Tech guy, even though he's only here for a year. But uh, this is his best defensive plus-minus year ever. Uh, and Toronto just does a lot of I, – I, I, I made sure to read up on them before just because I knew this was going to be a hot topic for this one. <laughs> but anyway, I, I just love just how weird this team can be, though. They can have three centers play, uh, and but none of them are their starting five, though. Uh, and they're all about the same, uh, about the same. They're all very serviceable and they can just, they have so much, their wingspans are massive as well. Uh, that's, that's, that's really good. Uh, they got high. I mean, everyone's feeling, I, I, I just like the the vibe of this team. Uh, Van Vliet didn't even play the game the last time the Sixers and Raptors played each other. And the Raptors won that. Uh, and Siakam and Gary Trent Jr. Both went over 30. Uh, Happy to be bullish on Gary Trent. I mean, all of us are bullish on Siakam too. That guy's one of the most rootable characters in the NBA by far. Uh, and so, I mean, this this feels like I mean, I this feels like a seven or kind of situation. Uh, even if I mean, I, I think there's no doubt Embiid's gonna just be himself and just absolutely just destroy all over the place. And he's gonna have to probably he'll probably posterize Siakam once, and Siakam will posterize him back, and it'll be fun. The trash talking will be legendary, especially if Harden just decides to be a wuss again for some reason. Uh, so I, yeah, there, there's so much there's so much drama here because this Philly is there's just so much intensity around this Philly team and what they should be able. I mean, this feels like I mean, this feels like UVA in the tournament a couple of years ago. It's like, all right, you lost that game to UMBC, but like, all right, you gonna pull you gonna pull it together this year? Like, you got this stuff. Um, but they would have to go through <laughs> the fact the semis could be Hawks Sixers again is hilarious. Please. I need it. Please give it to me. Please <laughs> let it be Hawks Sixers. Please God, give it to me. Uh, now I think the, the fact that, um, uh, Thibel won't be playing in the Toronto in the Toronto games. I don't think it's your, is, is a do or die for you guys though. Um, but that will turn into three games. He's not playing if he gets the game six. So yeah, that, that, could really matter then. Uh, so, and you can count on this in terms of both crowds on both sides of this, like this will be top tier. There, there will not be a n- unentertaining game going both ways. Um, yeah. They, I think yeah. these will be the two best environments in the playoffs. Yeah. So yeah. Does Harden's hamstring decide it uh, wants to stay in one piece and be attached to the, to the proper ligaments and 
does Toronto's just well-rounded natures stay well-rounded? Look, y'all know I'm a Sixers fan. I'm clearly going to go with the Sixers here. James Harden has been getting a little bit better for us. Obviously, not he's not shooting what he used to be able to shoot, but he's averaging in the last 10 games 20 points, almost 11 assists, uh, seven rebounds, and a steal, shooting over 30% from three. James Harden may not be what he used to be, but he can still give you points if he wants to. He was still top 20 in a lot of the league in a lot of the league leader spots this year as well. So it's not like he was bad, but yeah, not this as is normal. this is probably one of the worst years we've seen from Harden since he yeah. became the James Harden we all know. I think he turns it up in the playoffs. There's this narrative my classmates tease me about it, that James Harden chokes in the playoffs. It's not true. He's a great playoff performer. James Harden is going to be playing well this series. I'm not worried about it. I think almost all the attention in this series is going to be focused on Embiid. We've seen Nick Nurse do it before with stars in the playoffs. Uh, when they played – who did they play? It might have been a regular season game, actually. They played the, the Rockets with James Harden. And immediately after the opening tip, they double-teamed James Harden after he stepped past half court. Toronto so we can know, do that because they're big. They could, they could do the double-team thing effectively. Yeah, we know what their defensive plan is going to be. It's going to be to stop Joel Embiid. That's really all you can hope to do. Yeah, you got to slow him down, which I think open things opens things up for Tyrese Maxey, opens things up for James Harden, hopefully opens things up for Tobias Harris, who I think is the X-factor in this series. If he can go out there and be efficient and give you an efficient 20 points, I think the Sixers win this series. Yeah, that's big. I like the Raptors as a team. They have a lot of young talent. Gary Shane Jr. is one of my favorite players in the league. Fred Van Fleet is a is an all-star level player. Pascal Siakam is another borderline superstar level player. But I think ultimately the star power on the Sixers outweighs that of the Raptors. I think Joel Embiid, even, even if they do slow him down, probably still gives the Sixers – at worst, 22, 23 points a night, 10 or 11 rebounds a night. You really can't stop him. I think James Harden finally plays like we expected him to when he first got traded to Philly. I think Tyrese Maxey and Tobias Harris show up in the playoffs. I am going to go with the Sixers, and I'm going to give us the series. And the fan side of me is going to give us the series in five. The unbiased part of me says it's going to go six, but I do think we – ultimately win this series i think that's correct so yes y'all in six sounds right uh that is toronto Toronto can do stuff and make it hard for enough time yeah yeah definitely that is the entire eastern conference we both had i had the hawks winning i believe you had the heat winning the series yeah is that correct okay we both had the celtics winning the series both had the bucks winning series and we both had the sixers winning the series but we can move on to the Western Conference. We'll start with the Suns versus the eight seed there. I had the Timberwolves as the eight seed. I believe you had the Clippers as the eight seed. I really don't think yep, it matters yep. who is the eight seed here. No. The Suns are probably the best team in basketball until proven otherwise. No, not much. Yeah, not much to go over here. Yeah. I, Suns they're sitting four. at they're sitting at 35.6 chance of, of winning the finals. Also, guess how many. Well, guess the top five. I've given you given the top two so far because Boston was two and Phoenix is one, but who's three through five? And what? Finals odds to win. Finals odds? This is per basketball reference. 
I saw this graphic. I know I did. The Sixers are in the top. No, they're not. They're not in the top five. They're not. So the Suns are in the top five. Are the Warriors in the top five? They are. They're number four. Are the Grizzlies number five? They're three. Three? Yeah. 19.2%. Golden State, 184 absurd. You're not going to get five. Well, maybe you could. The Nets? No, the Jazz. Oh, my God. Because the, the offensive rating stupid good. Don't even get me started on the Jazz. They are not. I mean, no, no they're fives. not. That is, they know, that's a s- stat showing something that's not, and they got to get through Luka, so. <laughs> this is the year for Luka. We'll get to that later, but this is the year for Luka. I'm Can we gonna, just skip? Should we skip the Suns? It, it, I, I agree. Yeah, Suns and four I think well. we're both going Suns and four. It doesn't really matter yeah, who they play. I think Zion, if he comes back to the Pelicans, then make it here could give the Pelicans a game. But it's Suns and four. Yeah, in my opinion, we'll jump down to the Grizzlies versus the number seven seed. I have the Clippers as the seven seed. You have the Timberwolves as the second as the seven seed. Yep. We can start with the Clippers. This this was a tough one to pick for me. The Grizzlies, a very, very young team. Very young. We've seen them – we saw them last year. Obviously, they didn't win the series, but we saw them last year. Jaw is a certified star in the playoffs. I think he gave about 30 in the playoffs last year per game. But we've seen Paul George do it too. We saw him play very well last year in the playoffs. I'll jump over to you. Rationalize why you're pick, going to pick the Grizzlies, or yeah, you're going to pick the Grizzlies here. But ra- yeah, just give yeah. me your thoughts oh, on of this. Of course. Um, well, let's let's start with just the atmosphere. This is I, I looked this up. The, of this of everyone in the top six, Memphis has the fewest total playoff games ever as a franchise. They only have eighty played. Wow! Like ever, this will be game number 81 they will this series finally accumulated a season's worth of playoff games in their franchise history which fine like That's, they deserve it. yeah. it's been so long yeah um and they they had the marcus soul years but we we do we knew what those teams we do there wasn't much happening there yeah. um no i mean between this team is just freaking they're just incredible i mean everything about i mean jaws the guy you would I mean, this man is out air francing air france remember that i forgot his actual name uh <laughs> but this dude flies way more than he, he played on the magic that much i know like if you lined a, a magic roster in 2011 he was on that um yeah and no and baines was i think second in three point percentage this year as well uh yes he was because tyrus yeah. maxi was number three okay yeah there you go so and i don't and what i have i think regardless of if it's minnesota or the Clippers, they they've got every single bit of right mojo, which usually gets you through a first round. Um, and this is not as strong as a two seven as Boston and what was that Pete Brooklyn? Yeah, they were you talking. Mentioned, you mentioned Air France. His name was Michael Petrus. Really? Yes. That was the guy. Yes, he played three. He played two and a half ish seasons in Orlando. Okay, that is not who I thought that was, but <laughs> I okay, cool. This I'm this is strictly gut feeling, like you said. You gut feeling. Yeah, yeah. I'm going yeah, with. Like I'm going with the Clippers here. Paul George, playoff B. He's going to average over thirty this series. He's going to put the team on his back. 
the role players they're surrounded he's surrounded by a ton of really good role players we've kind yeah, of seen you have that you have that we've seen all these guys kind of blossom this year in the absence of pg for most of the season and Kawhi leonard for all of the season unfortunately but they have really good role players luke Kennard, arguably the best three-point shooter in the league amir coffee is a great role player reggie jackson we've seen what he can do he's just kind of randomly blossomed into this really good player over the past couple of years. This team, it's, it's really just a gut feeling. Ty Lue is, in my opinion, the number two coach in the NBA, only behind Eric Spolstra. Rotations-wise, I think he does enough to maximize this team offensively and defensively. And I really just think Paul George is going to absolutely put this team on his back this series and – just win this series. I do think it goes seven games. I think it's seven really hard fought games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I could I could see that happening. And I if you don't, see Paul if you don't George, have, I can see it. Paul George hitting the side of the backboard again. Yeah, I mean we could we could get pandemic <laughs> P or we could get playoff P, but I'm gonna bank on playoff P. <clears throat> and we can move on to the two that we know, unless you want to talk about Grizzly. We can talk about Grizzlies Timberwolves. That would be an even more fun series in my opinion. <sighs> Cat, oh, he put cat in this. Oh man, this is great. You got cat might average 30 in this series. Cat could average. Oh my goodness, I just love to see everything about that. That'd be that'd be so fun to see Anthony do his thing to like a, just a better spot for D to exist. Um, in a playoff situation, I think that's more fun than the Clippers because the Clippers are like their uniforms, uh, just very unsexy. Uh, just they just get stuff. I mean, they just get it done though. Like, that's kind of part of it. I mean, yeah, it comes with their, they don't have they're They're not a flamboyant team. Memphis is the opposite of that. Um, you're, it's just two incredibly different styles of let's just have so much fun here and be colorful. And the Clippers who are the little brother waiting to have their moment once their new arena shows up and Balmer is going to throw the second biggest party in LA, probably compared <laughs> to whatever the Rams do. Uh, Heck, you know what's going to happen? Steve Ballmer's going to bake the arena and be like, this is great. We love all of it. And then he's going to push to have every playoff game in SoFi Stadium, which I don't think is a bad idea. That'd be sick. That would be it's next absolutely door. It's going to be next door. So, Yeah, that would be – I could just imagine a playoff, a basketball game in SoFi. You know the Hawks did that when they were constructing uh, – when they were renovating the Omni to go to what was then Phillips Arena. They had to play in the Dome. Uh, really? And – they had to play in the dome when Jordan was being Jordan. So there was 50,000 people at a Hawks game one time when the, when the bulls came to town in the Georgia dome. And I think it's still the highest attended NBA game ever. Cause they don't do wow. the full stadium ones. Cause it's just, it sucks to an extent. And like final four, I mean, final four, if you saw enough, you saw the images of the final four and New Orleans, like, that's just, that's just awful. Unless you're at the right spot. It's just awful to look at. Yes, it is. Um, if the one at the bends though, that would have been great. That one would have been great because it's a little bit tighter. It's not as super spread out as other of those big stadiums. And they they were legitimately building a drop-down scoreboard. They weren't going to use the Halo board because it's not that feasible when the tiny court. Um, that would have been great. That would have had very few bad seats. Tangent, though. All I have to say, uh, yeah, Memphis winning regardless. See, obviously I'm going with the Clippers over in Memphis if, if that series happens. I, could, I might go Timberwolves over Clippers, too. I just think Cat has really established himself as probably 
Timberwolves Clippers gives you the second best. Like it gives you another offensive crazy fest. Yes. Yes. Yes, it does. Also, Steven Adams is of the best offensive rebounders in the NBA right now. So Steven Adams versus Carl Anthony Towns would be an underrated that, center duel. That's that's fantastic. I love all of that. Yeah. Uh Cat has probably established probably established himself as a top five center at worst. I might have him at number three right now. He's just been that good this year. The argument's there. It's definitely there, and I think he could have a, a huge series if this series were to happen. I think this series also goes seven games, and I think ultimately both, the t- both of these teams are very young. Both, the t- both of these teams really don't have any playoff experience, but I am going to go with the Grizzlies just because they have the experience in the playoffs from last year. It, it wouldn't surprise me either way. I think it goes seven games, and I think it's – Seven very, very hard fought games. Hard ones. They'll, they'll have home court too, which counts yeah. a lot in this scenario. Yes, it does. And we can move on to the two series that are set, set in stone in the West. The three seeded Warriors are hosting the six seeded Denver Nuggets, who are led by potential back to back MVP Nikola Jokic. This one is another series I think we both know who's going to win. The Nuggets just aren't healthy. They're missing Jamal Murray, who is one of the better playoff performers in the league. At least we've seen that from yeah. the bubble. He's one of the better playoff performers in the league. They don't have him. Uh, has it, has MPJ come back yet, or is he? No, he's not playing this either. They're going to be without both of them. Yeah, so yeah. it's it's really just Nikola Jokic and guys like Will Barton against the Warriors, who. They're not guaranteed. I think that they'll get Steph, but they're not getting a full strength Steph. There is a shot, but this just turns into Steph only plays like twice, and then once they're once it's or just limited minutes. But they've got enough between Wiggins and Clay still getting better. Um, yeah, and, and the yeah. rest of their squad. Kevon Looney played every game, I think, or some or close to every game. So he got a lot of. They're, they'll be fine. Yeah, even if you're replacing Steph Curry with Jordan Poole, we've seen Jordan Poole can score with the best of them he's yep. establishing establishing himself as a up-and-coming star six man whatever he's going to be Jokic versus Draymond's just going to be hilarious though just to see them interact with yes, each other it is. the rest yes, the whole it way is. it's going to be so much fun <laughs> I just I mean obviously I'm not a huge Jokic fan just because of the whole Embiid MVP narrative I have but he's he's obviously a top two center in the league He's an MVP candidate. He's going to get his this series. He's probably going to go out there and average about 25, 10, 9. He's going to average almost triple-double. I didn't even say 32, 10, and 10. Honestly. Yeah, I mean, like, it wouldn't surprise me, but you can't – he's not going to go out there and win the playoff series by himself. No, no. Against the Warriors, who we've seen can win championships. They've won multiple. They've only gotten better since then when fully healthy, but – it just sucks for Jokic. I feel for him. He's done really all he can these past two years, and just the injury bug has caught up has caught up to his teammates. And unfortunately, I am going to have to go with the Warriors in probably five games. Even if Steph doesn't play the whole series, I think they can still easily outscore a Nuggets team. Yeah, this is not. If anything, I'm going to watch the series just to see what Jokic can do. like. Can he pull a a Luca for Slovenia in the Olympics kind of performance? Or they yeah. just go way too far than they were supposed to in that in that stretch. Uh, yeah, the five or six, and 
one of those for Golden State. It'll be fine. Fully healthy, I think this series would be a lot more fun. I think it'd probably oh. go seven games fully healthy, and I think well, it'd be the most entertaining also, series. In the Denver playoffs. probably would have been the three seed if they were fully healthy. Or the heck, they could have been the two seed if they were fully healthy yeah, as well. That's true. There, there's so much variance because I mean, who's in front of them? They would have been better than Utah. They just barely weren't. Uh, I fully believe they would be ahead of Dallas in terms of Golden State. Well, just have, it depends on how those division games flush out. Um, yeah, I mean. Fully healthy, this is a very good team, but unfortunately we don't see them fully healthy. So we are both going with the Warriors in a fairly short series. And we can move on to one I think is going to be a lot of fun. The Dallas Mavericks versus the Utah Jazz. The Mavericks have been good playoff performers. Unfortunately, they've just played the Clippers every year in the playoffs, and that's their kryptonite. Yes, yeah, yeah. Luka Doncic plays extremely well in the playoffs. We've seen him hit game winners in the playoffs. We've seen him put up crazy numbers in the playoffs. He's finally not playing the Clippers, but he's playing a very, very good Jazz team led by Donovan Mitchell, who is another one that we've seen establish himself as one of the best playoff performers in the NBA. And Luka Doncic, who's been – or not Luka Doncic. What am I talking about? Rudy Gobert, who's been one of the best defensive centers in the NBA, one of the best defensive players, period, in the NBA. I'll start with you. What do you see happening in this series? Oh, I, I mean, I think this is going to be the Luca, it's going to Luca series more than anything. We, we've seen the Jazz just be, they, they, we've seen them do the bipolar thing, uh, and just not. They can be incredibly, incredibly flaccid, uh, with just no regard for an ability to just have the gumption to get things done, uh, and. Dallas doing their thing would be oh boy, yeah. Luca knows what to do here. Um, it's gonna, it's it's another one of those just gut things where it's just like you just know Dallas does have it, um, and you just be and they they're gonna have home court. Utah does have highest rating, yes, but also Rudy Gobert is a problem in a series though because for, for Utah, not for Dallas though, because yeah, foul problems, you got free throw problems there. Luca, all Luca's got to do is just drive right at him a few times, and then he's in foul trouble. So you can, yeah. he is very eliminatable and Dallas doesn't have a guy like, they're, hey, they're, they're, they don't have to deal with Chris Jeffs anymore. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, this feels like a, this feels, yeah, this feels like a Dallas and Sixer kind of idea, ordeal here. Yeah, uh, I, I am also going to go with Dallas. I'll just spoil my pick now. I think it's going to go seven games. I'm taking Dallas. We've seen, Luca is an elite playoff performer. Unfortunately, he's just been outperformed by the Clippers, like I mentioned before. But he can perform. Spencer Dinwiddie, I think, is one of the more underrated additions in the NBA this year. He's been an elite bench piece for the Mavericks. He's given him about 16 off the bench, which has, which I think is a role that suits him well coming off the bench and being that kind of spark plug kind of player. They have a ton of really good role players, like a lot of these other teams we've talked about. Luka Doncic, obviously. And Rudy Gobert, like you mentioned, is just – he's very limited offensively. He's not going to give you much. He's going to give you about – I'd probably predict about 15, 16 points, but that's just because he's going to have to get points eventually. I think this is really just a duel between Donovan Mitchell and Luka Doncic. I really think that's going to be an extremely fun battle. It wouldn't surprise me if they both averaged – 30, 35 points. Yeah, I mean, they, they're both that type of talent. We kind of saw it 
in the bubble when I believe Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray were just going at each other nonstop, just giving each other 40 like every other game. I think we could have that type of series. I think it goes seven. And I think Luka Doncic's future NBA MVP in the next three years, Luka Doncic, yep. establishes himself as one of the premier talents in the NBA, which he already has, and ultimately wins this playoff series. Yeah. And that's really all the playoff series we have. We can recap our Western predictions right there. I have – we both have the Suns winning in the first round. You have the Grizzlies winning in the second round. I have the Clippers winning in the second – or in the first round. We both have the Warriors winning, and we both have the Mavericks winning. So, really our only difference is the 2-7 series. Is there anything you want to mention about the playoffs, any of these series that you're really, I guess, looking forward to more than the others before we move on to our last segment? Um. It feels like the East could go anywhere. There's so everyone was stacked up until the last day. Uh, yeah, it, outside of outside, I mean, I think you can kick out Chicago and us in terms of it. Excuse me, just in terms of ability to make it to the East Finals. But that still leaves six teams. It's just like I don't know. Yeah. I, I can go either. I can go either direction. Uh, with is a lovely spot in the West though. I'd still, I, I, I'm not, that, that thing showed me to show me that I should be like, yeah, Phoenix is vulnerable here. Um, they've mentally stayed together. They proved that over a season, they're great. They're healthy for one. Uh, they can probably paste Chris Paul's minutes in the round one if they want, uh, which is very, very nice for them. Cause they don't have me that twice now in years where Chris Paul should have won the finals that Houston year. And then last year, it just wasn't there. And I really want him to get one. Uh, I think Phoenix should get one out of this. So, and heck, I mean, they've got a over one in four, they got a over a one in three shot at winning this whole thing. Uh, and even if they end, even if they draw Boston, I still don't, I, I still don't think they don't, they're not going to pull that off. Um, so, if anything, watch this, watch the Suns games. Are they dominant enough? Does anyone get hurt? Once someone, just tell me when a Suns guy gets hurt. For whatever reason, I can't watch anything, which will not be the case. I'm going to be watching the crap out of all these games. Uh, that's 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 my main thought. Obviously, Hawks want to. I want them to do their thing, but they're still they're they're still a guy short. They're still they're still a guy short. It's just yeah. in terms of who is truly as dominant as uh, as as Trey John. I think was it was hopeful he would get there, and even if he was playing, he's also not that. Um, and none of the other guys are of the uh, lights out caliber shooting. It, it, I mean, if Trey had a clay, a clay Thompson sort of situation here, the, the, the original splash pros, Oh God, there'd It'd be, be dangerous. There'd be there would be something there. Um, but yeah, that's, yeah, that's where I'm at in general with this, with all this playoff shoes. Yeah. The series I'm most excited for, which obviously isn't set in stone, but I think we both agree it's going to happen. I think the vast majority of people agree it's going to happen is the Celtics versus the Nets. I think that's going to be probably the most fun series to watch. Obviously, I'm going to be watching all of them. The Sixers are going to dominate. They're going to win the championship. That's a conversation for a different podcast. I think that Celtics-Nets series is going to be a very fun one. We're going to see four stars really battle it out, and I think it's going to be a hard-fought, seven-game fun series. And that's all the playoff talk we have. We do have one more segment before we close it out. We, we have about – We'll give it about 10, 15 minutes. 
We're going to give our award picks, and we can do all NBA teams if we want to. We'll go through all the awards, just give our predictions, our kind of final predictions now that the playoffs are about to start. I'll start with you. We'll start with the one everybody cares about, the one that has had the most buzz this year, the MVP award. It's really a three-man race, really, really a two-man race, but there's three guys getting votes. Who are you picking for MVP? Uh, El Senor Nikola Jokic, please. It's... It's, uh, I was listening to other pods, and it's just like Embiid and Giannis both are having those kind of years that if you slot them in another year, it, they've got it. But easily. this man is he's literally doing the work of an entire team. The plus-minus is stupid good for him. Um, I mean, is this because Porter and uh, Murray aren't there? Well, maybe, but it's most valuable, too, uh, which usually correlates the best player, and I would say... On any given night, he very well can be, and there's a, the, the the can be the best guy. Now is it, it, there's so many guys that fit that caliber, um, that it's all, all, almost cancels itself out between these three guys. Uh, but no, it's insane. The advanced stuff is insane with this guy, um, and it paints it paints that kind of picture you want to see of an MVP. Um, yeah, I mean, as much as I just don't like Philly things for sports hate reasons but i I love that we're getting the Embiid that we knew we we knew we could get it's the one we knew we could get and we're getting it and it's still just delightful to watch play um but just not the year not the year for the guy um yeah i'm i'm obviously going to be on the other side of that argument i think it is joel Embiid. even before he got james Harden, this team was they were the one seed at times i think they were about the two seed when they got james Harden. Joel Embiid is the most dominant player in the NBA right now. You can't stop him. You can only hope to slow him down. Even then, he's going to give you at least 20 points a game. He doesn't lead in all the advanced metrics, like you said. But eye test-wise, he's just unstoppable, it feels like. He, let, he, he secured the scoring title, averaged over 30 points, first center to win the scoring title since Shaquille O'Neal did it. In a year, I believe he won the MVP, which just speaks to yeah, yeah. It just speaks to how strong Nikola Jokic's season has been, how strong Giannis Antetokounmpo's season has been. It it just has to go to him. I I get that Jokic has been doing all this without all of his his, I guess, other stars you could say with MPJ and and Jamal Murray out, but. Joel Embiid was also playing without most without playing without, I guess, his biggest star for most of the season and Ben Simmons and still had this team fighting for the one seed. Obviously, they ended up as the four seed. I just think it has to go to, to Joel Embiid. You can't be that dominant and not win the MVP. And it's going to be unfortunate when he doesn't win the MVP. But he's gonna he's gonna go further in the playoffs. He buy he very well could get hope, all the I other playoff he's awards. Go in the playoffs. He is a he will very much be an odds on figure for all, whatever it, playoff awards that could come his way this year. So I think he'll get his validation in other ways. I I hope you're right. I hope you're right. We'll move on to the next award, defensive player of the year. This one is a is one that I feel like has had better discourses around it in recent years. This one's kind of, if you weren't paying attention to it, you wouldn't know these guys are really vying for the award. But I'll let you go ahead and start with your defensive player of the year for the 2022 NBA season. I don't know if I could have a specific. Rudy's always up there. Robert's 
up there as well. Uh, yeah, I could land on one for this one, honestly. Uh, I do miss, and also I just I know how offense works versus defense in my head way more, uh, which makes it harder for me. But I know Rudy had a great year, uh, so I'm not opposed to I'm not opposed to slotting him there now, unless I have completely missed something that I just didn't catch in my internet surfings. Yeah, Rudy Gobert's definitely up there. I am going to go with Jaron Jackson Jr., though. I oh, think yes. Mark, yeah, Marcus yeah, yeah. Smart is the favorite right now, I believe, at least according oh, to, okay. bet, to bet MGM. He's a minus 190 favorite. Oh. But JJJ's just been dominant this year. I believe he's leading the league in, in total blocks. I don't know if he's leading in blocks per game, but I believe he's leading in total blocks. He's just an absolute stopper at the rim. He's one of the best fours defensively. He can be that five if you need him to be. Mm-hmm. He's just so good defensively. He showed it this year. He's averaging 2.3 blocks. He's averaging six rebounds. 4.3 of those are defensive. Yeah. He's averaging a steal. I mean, th- there's really not much more you could ask for in That's a guy fantastic. in his yeah. fourth okay. season. I wish I had seen this. Yeah. He's just he's been absolutely dominant this year on the defensive side. And I think he's done enough. I don't think he'll win it. I think Marcus Smart will probably win it. But I, I will go with Jaron Jackson Jr. as my defensive player of the year. That's that's good. He got a full season. Hey, this is the first time you've gotten a full season out of him, too. He played 78 games. Um, Which I think bodes well so. for the Grizzlies going forward. Yeah. Yeah. This guy is durable. I don't know. I don't remember. He only played 11 last year. I don't remember why he was hurt. Uh, but, yeah, regardless, that's that's some lovely stuff. And he got his extension in October. So yes, he'll he be did. here. He'll, he they've got him through 2026. So setting setting up for success, the Grizzlies are. We can go on to our next one. Most improved, I think there's a odds-on favorite here. It has to be John Morant. Yeah, he jumped up yeah. to an MVP level yeah. player this year. In a normal year, I do want to give some love to some guys because obviously in a normal year they'd probably win it or be up there. Tyrese Maxey, we've really seen mm-hmm. him coming to his own this year. He's been a, a high-level point guard. He established himself as the number three option on the Sixers, kind of jumped Tobias Harris for that role. He's been extremely impressive. Jordan Poole is another one. Obviously, with the in-and-out absence of uh, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson missing a lot of the year, Jordan Poole has been an elite-level scorer. I think in most years I, he would probably be my pick to win most improved, him and Tyrese Maxey, but – Ja Morant has to be the shoe-in for this award, and I don't think yeah. it's it's really that close. Yeah. Is that I'm he assuming did, that's uh, who you're going with too? Yeah, he, he did the thing for this. Yeah, yeah. It, it sucks that it's not a normal year, I guess, for a lot of these other guys. It just feels like that for a lot. Joel Embiid in a normal year will be MVP. Tyrese Maxey, Jordan Poole would probably be most improved in a normal year. It it's just a, a very off the, the map. NBA, year, I feel the like. NBA's the the standards are changing and changing quickly. Definitely, definitely. We can move on to the next one, Rookie of the Year. I think we're probably both going to agree on this one too. I'm going with Evan Mobley. Should have yeah. been the number one pick in my opinion. Yeah. Scotty just, Barnes made it made made a made it a competition though at the end. Yes, he did. Um, he, and I did, he, and I did read. I did read his advanced stats are pretty much all better than Mobley's. Are they really? So yeah, yeah. So there's there's something there with that. I mean, Mobley obviously was doing 
mean, yeah, he was the head, the head, the favorite for a hot, hot stretch there. And I don't think it's wrong to give it to him either. You got two correct choices between Barnes and Mobley. Um, yeah, it, you really can't go wrong either way there. But I think Mobley is going to win. I think he should win. I think he was the most versatile player in this draft coming out. I think he should have yeah. been number one, obviously, but he fits very well with that Cavs team. He does. Yeah. <clears throat> I think he should win. We can move on to our next one. Sixth man of the year. This is another one that's pretty much a shoe in. It's going to be Tyler Hero. He's yep. probably the best bench scorer in the league right now. He could easily give you 30 off the bench, and it wouldn't shock anybody. He's been that good. He's really the only offensive hope I have for the Heat, but <laughs> he has to be a shoe-in for this award. Yeah, he was – his three-point attempts went up 1.2 season by season. Uh, his minutes went up, too, uh, by, a couple, by about a minute and a half. Uh, and he's shooting four more times a game than he was last year. So he's getting his shots out there. But his, but relatively, his points his, his he went from 15.1 to 20.7 a game. Uh, so he, he was making it worth it. I want to find his PR and see how that changed year over year. Because it's not like he could be a most improved, also just candidate in there just purely because his bench play got so much better. Yes, it did. Where is He's this? been elite this well, year. Oh, here's something. His plus minus went positive for the first time ever. It's a 5.7 on, on court and 2.5 on off court, but he was a negative last year and the year before that. It's not, not too surprising, but it is good to see him back Yeah, in the positives. Like you said, I think he would be a most improved candidate in a lot of other years. He, I don't think he'd win it, but he'd be a candidate. Yeah, Just speaks to the depth of all these awards this year. And we'll move on to one more award before we close out the episode. Coach of the year. I'll let you go ahead and start for this one. I know who mine's going to be, but who's your coach of the year? Hmm. I mean, you've mentioned Ty is great, but uh, didn't do the wins thing. I, I feel like it's still got to be Monty Williams. Like, I don't see any reason it he doesn't just get this again. Yeah. Uh, he, I mean, they did the... They did the thing where they proved that they did. They proved they they were legit. Um, he got that breakout year one where he's like, "All right, let's take this young team, throw the vet, and then voila, magic." Uh, and now this year, it's like, nope, they are a they are one of the most dominant NBA teams out there. You would you would I, I don't know if you did like the the sixteen team all time team bracket. You wouldn't throw them in that, but they'd uh they'd be in the qualifying round or something like that, or like yeah. the wild card stretch if it was like a tennis tournament or something like that. Uh, and they, they're just incredibly fun to watch. They're mature. They're a mature team. They know how to work together as well as any team out there. Um, hence why they're a good team for, you know, all the reasons that, that, that my logic's turning circular as I'm saying all this, but <laughs> regardless, uh, no, I, yeah, I think it's, even though nurse probably has an argument, uh, Nate McMillan does not have an argument, even though people thought he would have gotten a shot this year after last year's heroics. Um, yeah, no, it's, I, I got I got Monty written all over this. I originally was going to go with Monty, but I am going to go with Taylor Jenkins. Okay. The Grizzlies. Just what he's done this year. They won less than 40 games the two years before this one. He was head coach. Obviously, they, they looked very good in the playoffs last year. Didn't win the series, but they looked good. He has his team as the two seed. Turned John Morant into an MVP candidate. Turned Desmond Bain into the second-best three-point shooter percentage-wise in the NBA this season. He's really just gotten the most out of all these guys that mm-hmm. really – John Moran obviously is a superstar, but a guy like Desmond Bain, 
he wasn't on a lot of people's radars as as this guy no. coming into the season. Dylan Brooks wasn't either. Jonas Valanciunas has been great for them. I think he's still on that team. No, it's Steven Adams, isn't it? It's Steven yeah, Adams. Steven. Steven. Steven Adams obviously has been really good for them. Really, just all for me, it's just that they're a 56 win team. I think it is the second seed in the West, which we thought coming into the year was absolutely stat. Just having this young team as one of the, the favorites to win the NBA finals. I think you said they were third according to basketball reference and odds. But just having this team play so well this year and exceeding every expectation they could have possibly had. It, while Monty has a good argument, I think it, it has to go to Taylor Jenkins here just for improving so much. Yeah, they, they yeah, he, did, he did a lot for that. Um, and didn't spoil, did, didn't make the job thing, like he didn't pull him at points. Uh, and also, I mean, clubhouse culture is part of it, and they contribute a huge, they're very instrumental in that. And he did, and the, Definitely help with the catalyst, catalysms of that. So that's not a word I just said, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that's all we had for this podcast episode. I know it is a long one, but we did want to get every playoff series in here. We want to get our awards in here. And obviously want to talk about Vogel getting fired. I hope you all do listen all the way through. Jack, do you have any closing statements before we head out today? Uh, Tiger Woods had an incredible Sunday. For what it was worth, I don't think he that you, you saw him limping. That man should not have been playing, but he did it. It is a, uh, it, it wasn't Jordan's flu game, but uh, in terms of a guy who was just as good as his sport as Jordan was, that was a miracle to watch. Scotty Scheffler is going to win the U.S. a lot of Ryder Cup matches in the future. Yes, he is, and I'll stay on that same note on the golf note. Rory McIlroy will, will win the 2022 Open Championship. Go ahead and book hmm. it. Wow, you're okay. Okay, <laughs> he should. It's, a, it's at St. Andrews, right? It is. It's the 150th at St. Andrews. He's gonna win. Book it. Mm. Write it down. Mm. Mm. Okay. Rory All is right. back. That's 64. That hole out was the him and Colin. That was the greatest. That, I, that's that was just the greatest. As someone who's grown up in Augusta, has been to Masters tournaments. Has worked master tournament, has watched every master since I can remember. That might be my favorite master's moment ever. That was so electric. I mean, that was just, that was electric. It was just, even though we're. How hard is that shot? So I've got, you know, you're going to, I mean, I've watched this course a gazillion times too, but you're going to know that green better than I know it. Like, how difficult is that to nail where on that bank you've got to put it from that deep of the he was in one of the deeper parts of that bunker too like yeah what, it's it's extremely difficult it's not very often you see chippings on 18 especially on sunday on 18 from that yeah. bunker and didn't colin colin took a different route too like they went yeah his because like yeah. rory used the hill more yeah more coming down he kind of you see those guys do it when they're coming in from the fairway using that hill to Funnel yeah, back yeah, down. Yeah. He used that, that route. Shot, Colin, Colin went more directly at it. I also want to talk about Scotty four putting the 18th green. So funny. So funny. <laughs> it just felt like also, he was, like in some places, the winning score over under was 10 and a half. I saw <laughs> that. I saw that I got so had like funny. 11 under, I think. And he was, oh my God, I couldn't imagine. I was so, I was, I really want to know what Rory thought in that moment. If he was watching, it was just like, 
Oh no. <laughs> well, I was I was sitting with my girlfriend. I, I don't know if our listeners care about this, but I was sitting with my girlfriend. We were on the way back from the Braves game, and I was watching that, and I was just kind of sarcastically saying because I wanted Rory to win, I wanted him to get a green jacket. I was sarcastically saying, I really just need him to eight putt this green, and you know, Rory wins. And then he missed it. I was like, no way. I was like, miss it again, miss it again, miss it again. And he did. And I was like, no way. <laughs> then he missed it again. And that's when it was like, oh, my God. Don't, don't tell me it's actually going to happen. Especially when he kind of la- laughed and just covered his mouth like he couldn't believe. I'm glad he had – yeah. I mean, he said in the interview after, he was like, I'm glad I had that human moment right there. It it, it kept the sto- – it kept how robotic uh, – not how robotic. Yeah, how uh, in the tunnel he was. And it, it let him out at a good time. But, no. It was – he is a uh, – no, he, he's going to be – if he plays like he played this week or just that manner, I mean, obviously he probably won't throw this performance up all but maybe one or two times ever. I mean, just look at the rest of the past champs in the field. But, um, yeah, no, I, I he he is a great addition to the champions crew. Um, and he'll be he'll be relevant for 20 years. I mean, we, I mean, also, like, what, third under 25 and under to win the thing? I mean, he's also yes. 25 compared to when Seiger and Jordan were 21. So it's not as flashy as it is, um, but yeah, still, I have no Scotty, problems putting. Scotty yeah. is by far the best golfer on the planet right now. I'll just say he that. is, and we'll lose to Cam Smith in the Open Championship. Roy Roy McIlroy will win that tournament. I will put <laughs> money on it. I have no will. That's all we have for you today. Obviously, a longer episode. I appreciate y'all listening, and we will see y'all. We don't really have a schedule, I guess, for the playoff series, but we'll see y'all either during the series or after the series. So thank y'all for listening, and we will see y'all next time.